Amen. Notice what it says there in verse 15 of Romans chapter 5. It says, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Notice one of the, uh, some words we see there. In verse uh, 15 it mentions the free gift. And then later it mentions again the gift of grace. And then if we keep on reading, you're going to notice this theme of salvation being a free gift. And look what it says. Verse, and so it says, not as it was uh, by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So notice the abundance of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is us getting something that we don't deserve. And that is salvation. Okay? We don't deserve it. And notice, once again, how we get it freely. It mentions the free gift again. So, um, you know, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came unto all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, which was Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice that righteousness is going to reign, not by our righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's the time of my message this morning is salvation is truly free. Okay? Now, I think that most churches today, most people who consider themselves Christian or religious, they will acknowledge the fact that salvation is a free gift. I think most people understand that. Most people get that terminology. Most people are used to hearing about a salvation that is free and about a salvation that is not of works. Okay? You can't get around the fact that salvation is not of works. When the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay? We see so many verses about the free gift, and we're going to look at a bunch of these as we go through the message. You know, the Bible's very clear salvation is a free gift. A free gift, that's good news, isn't it? What was it that we're proclaiming? We're proclaiming the gospel. It's good news. Your sins have been paid for. They have been taken care of. They have been washed in the blood of Christ. And you can receive salvation freely. And, but here's the thing. When it comes to that word free, it has been corrupted today, has it not? And who has corrupted it? Not so much the religions, but advertisers. Okay? How many of you, when you see a sign that says free in a store just get excited anymore. I, I don't. How many of you, when you see an, an infomercial and you see free, you get excited? I sure don't because the question is that we all have when we see free in a store is how much is that free going to cost me? And it always does cost us something, doesn't it? And I'm going to, we're going to look at a lot of the different gimmicks and things that people use and the way they promote things is free, but they're really not free. And you're going to see, too, that when it comes to religion today, a lot of what people are 
you know, pitching as a free salvation, because you've got to use the word free, it's all over in the Bible, you'll find out it's not free salvation. And, fa- and it's very clear also in the Scriptures that if it's not free, it's not salvation. You can't pay for your salvation. You can't earn your salvation. And many people today are claiming a salvation that they paid for. If you paid for it, it wasn't salvation. They're claiming a salvation that they earned. If you worked for it, it wasn't a salvation. A salvation that comes through eternal life, it is free and you can't get it by working for it. You can't get it by paying for it in any way. And what many churches today are promoting is a counterfeit salvation. And the way you can tell what's counterfeit versus a real thing is which one's going to cost me something. Which one is free and which one costs something. And so we're going to look at some of these gimmicks that are being used today. Because so when it comes to this gift of salvation, you would think the easiest job in the world for a Christian would be the Great Commission. To just go into all the world and tell them, hey, Jesus paid for your sins. Hey, accept the free gift. You would think that would be easy, wouldn't it? But you know what? It's hard. You know why? Because many people, they hear that message and you know what happens? They don't believe it. And we'll see throughout the Scriptures that the one thing that will get you sent to hell is unbelief. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, what do we got to believe? You've got to believe in the work of Jesus Christ. You've got to believe that He paid for your sins. And you've got to believe, you've got to trust His Word, that if you will just put your faith in His work and not try to work your own your, your way to heaven yourself, that just by that, you will be saved. And you know what? That's a tough sell for a lot of people. And it's not even a sell. It, it, it's actually free. But you go and we tell these people about it, and it's like they're always waiting for the catch. And no matter how many times you say free, no matter how many times you say not of works, many times people reject it because it's like, you know, I'm not even going to try this because I don't want to find out what the catch is later. And have we not all been there before? Have we not all gotten busted, you know, by the phone salesman? You know, we got convinced something was free and it turned out it wasn't free. It turned out that free really hurt our finances. I mean, bad. And we've, we've all been there before. We've all dealt with that. But when it comes to salvation, I'm going to show you, it's, it's absolutely free. It's completely and totally free. And so I, do, I believe one of the reasons many people today just can't seem to understand the concept of a free gift, it's because of all the false advertising that's in the world today. We're very skeptical. And if a guy came up to your house with a vacuum in hand and said, I'd like to give this to you free, most of us would slam the door in his face. There's no way this guy is going to just give me this vacuum for free. And in the case of a vacuum cleaner salesman, I don't think he's going to give that to you for free. But are we, we're going to people's houses offering them, hey, this is how you can get eternal life for free. And you know what they There's no way, there's no way these people are out walking around, knocking on doors, and they don't want something from me. That's what people think. And it's hard. It is, it is a challenge to get past it. I talked to a guy just the other day. I went through everything with him. And he's, he's like, you know, yeah, I see what you're saying. He's like, but you know, he just... It just sounds too good to be true. You know, why is he thinking that way? You know, I said free. I said not of works. But he's heard so much junk. And thankfully, you know, he let me keep talking to him. And I eventually, you know, I was able to convince him, hey, no, it actually is free. It is totally free. And he did get saved. 
And, and it's exciting when that happens, but it is hard. And many times people will tell you, I get it, I understand, but then they don't, they don't want to get saved. And it's because they don't believe it. They don't believe that's free. And, here, and here's why. So, first off, you know, true salvation, it's not buy one, get one free. Okay? We all see that all the time too, don't we? Okay? Buy, one, get, buy one, get one free. Okay? You're, not, you're not getting it free. Sometimes you're paying double for the one. You know? and it's, it's not free. Okay? If anything, it's 50% off, isn't it? If anything, buy one, get one free is you're just paying half price. Well, I'm sorry, but that is not that is not salvation. A buy one gets one get one free. It means if you do this, we'll do this. You know, if you buy one of these, we will give you the other one. But you know what? Salvation is not like that. Salvation is not you do this and I'll do that. You do this work for me and I'll do this work for you. No, stop. Jesus did all the work of salvation for us. He did every bit of it. And there is nothing, we were completely incapable of saving ourselves. There is nothing that we could do. I mean, God's the creator of the universe. What do we have to give him? What is it that we can, you know, what is it that we can offer to, in exchange for what his son did? You realize what a joke it is and what an insult it is to Jesus Christ for us to think that some good that we do would help earn our salvation. I mean, you, and the way, the way I illustrate to people all the time when I'm out knocking doors is I'll tell them, if you, if you went and you killed my son, okay, if you, if you killed my son, and then you came to me later and said, listen, I'm, I'm really sorry for killing your son. I want to make up for it. And I'd like to give you $1,000. Now, do you think that's going to please me? Oh, so you... You think a thousand dollars is going to pay? You know that's going to make up for you killing my son. Well, what if they offer me a million dollars? Hey, you can't put a price tag on stuff like that. And do you understand that God had to send His Son to this world to pay for our sins? He died on a cross for our sins, and for us to say that you know what, I can make up for my sins by going to church by just being a good person, we are insulting the life of Jesus Christ. We are insulting, we are cheapening what He did for us on the cross. He lived a perfect and a sinless life and He died at our place. And for us to think just because we give up some sin or we start doing some good thing or we put some money in the offering plate, for us to think that that is going to help us with our salvation, that's spitting in the face of Jesus Christ. It's insulting what He did for us on the cross. And if somebody killed my son, okay, if somebody did that, I would rather... Them just come to me and say they were sorry and mean it and acknowledge that I can't undo what I did. I can't undo killing your son, but I want your forgiveness. I realize it was wrong for me to do that. I would rather them do that than offer me money. And do you realize that's what God wants from us? You know, we can't undo the fact that we're sinful. We can't undo what we've already done. But you know what we can do? We can't acknowledge that we did it. And we can just ask for that forgiveness. And it turns out that our God is very gracious and He's very merciful. And He will abundantly pardon. He will forgive us of our sins. 
But do you understand that for you, anytime somebody thinks that they can pay God back for what they, for what Jesus had to do for us, they clearly don't understand what they did. They don't understand how bad their sin was. And anybody that would offer me money for taking the life of my son clearly does not understand what they had done. But somebody who just acknowledges it and apologizes, and it's, you know, that they clearly understand what they did. A person that would take the life of a, a loved one, they, know, they would realize that I can't pay that person back for what I did. And that would leave them in a place where all they can do is ask for forgiveness. And that's what God wants. But you need to understand, look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 and 6. Because salvation, it's not buy one, get one free. In other words, you do this and I'll do that. I'll do that. Look what it's, Galatians 5, 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Circumcision was the work of the law that they did. There were people in the book of Acts that came along and they said that you must keep the law in order to be saved or at least you had to keep some of the law. You had to at least be circumcised. You've got to do this one thing. You've got to do this one thing in order to be saved. And Paul said, if you do that, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. You don't get to just pick which laws you like. We talk to people all the time. Hey, what do you think a person has to do to, in order to receive eternal life? Oh, be a good person. Don't break the Ten Commandments. You know, all, and, you know the truth is, yeah, okay, I guess you could say that's partially true, but you understand it's more than just the Ten Commandments. It's all of the laws. And you know what? We have all failed. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, look what it says. And verse 4 says, So those who try to do any works of the law, they are bound to keep the entire law. That's foolish. And look what it says in verse 4. It says, Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you that are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. You missed it. You fell short because none of you have kept the law. It says, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. We're waiting for righteousness. Right now, I am not righteous. I am not good enough to go to heaven. Right now, even though I'm a pastor and standing here behind a pulpit and preaching a sermon, I still deserve to go to hell. But you know what? I have the hope of righteousness one day because I put my faith and trust in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, whoever does that, they'll be saved. And one of these days, Jesus Christ is going to return and he's going to change my vile body into one like his glorious body. And so in verse 6, it says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So we see here that the reason Christ is of no effect is because this is not buy one, get one free. This is not, if you do this, I'll do that. No, it's Jesus does it all or nothing. It's either all our faith in Jesus Christ or nothing. If you say, well, you know what? I think we at least need to get baptized. Alright? Let's, let's add baptism in it. You know what? Christ has become of no effect unto you. A person ought to get baptized, but we do that after salvation. We do that as a testimony of what Jesus did for us. But many people today teach that you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven. If that's your attitude, if you get baptized, 
thinking that's what I have to do to get saved, you all realize that you are not saved. The Bible says Christ is of no effect to you. Why? Because you didn't put your faith in Christ alone. You put it in Christ and a work. And if you add any works to salvation, you didn't get salvation. Because salvation is free, not buy one, get one free. Completely free. You pay for anything. You add any work to the law, or any, any work of the law, then you missed it. You didn't get it. Those who are saved are those who believe the message of Jesus Christ and they have faith in His Son and in the work of Jesus Christ and that alone. And we ought to do good works after we get saved. We ought to go to church and do all those things. But that has nothing to do with whether or not we're going to heaven or not. I'm go- I could walk out of this church today and never come back and never do a thing for the Lord again. And I'm still saved because I put my faith and trust in Christ. And... and I have no intention of doing that. And I'll share why with that in a little bit. But salvation is not by one, get one free. Any gospel that adds any work, it's a counterfeit. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another but there be some that would that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But and pervert, they're perverting the gospel. And how were they doing that? They were doing that by adding works. And it says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which he have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. He was specifically talking about people who are adding a work. Any works to the gospel. He says that's perverted gospel. That's another gospel. And you know what? You need to stay away from that. That won't save anybody. Let them be accursed. In other words, they're on their way to hell. Those people aren't saved. Anyone who adds any work to the gospel. And so we've got to realize there's, there's scammers out there. Okay? There are scammers out there. In the financial world, we all know about them, but they're in religion too. Okay? Uh, look at Romans chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. In other words, if there's works, then there's no grace. Okay? Grace and works, they don't mix. They don't go together. And the Bible says we're saved by grace. If a grace it is if it's of grace, there's no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So, you can't have both. We're saved by grace. That means without works. And that's specified many times in the Bible. But there's scammers out there. Okay? And just like there's scammers out there, you know, we're in tax season right now. They pretend to be the IRS. There are scammers out there pretending to offer a free salvation. There's people out there. There's churches out there. They'll sing some of the same songs that we did. They'll sing songs like Jesus saved, shout salvation, full and free. They will sing those things or they'll say those things. But when you actually listen to their doctrine, when you listen to their plan of salvation, it's not really free. They're saying you've got to do this. You've got to do this work. You've got to do, you've got to do that. And the way you tell which one is real, the way you tell the real thing from a counterfeit is which one is actually free. And it's, it's the free, the one that is truly free according to every definition of the word free. 
Okay, not according to Walmart's definition of free or, you know, the infomercial's definition of free. No, it's truly free. It costs you nothing. And if it costs you anything, then it's not grace. And it's not the gospel. If you had to do any good work to get saved, then you didn't get saved. Because salvation, true salvation, is not of works. So true salvation, it's also, it's, it's not free today but pay later. Okay? You know, it's pretty, it's, it's very scary. It's very tempting. Some of the places that you can go and some of the cool things you can walk out of the store with without giving them any money. But you all realize that, you know, later you do have to give them some money, don't you? You know, they, uh, you know, it's, and it can't, it can be tempting. You can go, you know, I can go today and I can buy a car and not give them any money today. And I could leave the lot with a nice car without giving him any money today. But does it stay that way? No, you know why? Because it's not free. Okay? i got to pay for that car. And when it comes to a, the way a lot of people are teaching salvation today, it's basically the same thing. You know, It's free today, but you have to pay later. Look at Romans chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works... He hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith counteth for righteousness. What we're seeing here is God, in, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul, he's telling people that Abraham, he, didn't, he wasn't justified, or uh, he, not just saved, but justification, it means basically proof that you're saved. Okay? If I get justified, if I get accused of a crime, and then I get justified, that means it's been proved that I'm innocent. Okay? And so justification and salvation, it's not always the same thing. When it's talking about being justified, it's like, here's the proof of Abraham's salvation, and it wasn't in the works of the law. He wasn't justified by his works of the law. While Abraham did a lot of good things, while Abraham was a great man, he was not justified by the works of the law. He was justified by his faith. And it, and it mentions him specifically, and he's mentioned many times in the New Testament as somebody, as an example of that, who proved that they were saved not by their works, but by faith. And so what many people are teaching today that is a counterfeit gospel is that, and that confuses salvation like crazy is that if you're saved today, you will do the works later. So they say salvation is not of works today, but you've got to do the work later. Well, isn't that still of debt then? Because it mentions, you know, if it's reckoned of works, then, then it's, a, it's of debt. But, you know, it wasn't of works. Look at Romans chapter 3. In verse 19, Romans chapter 3 and verse 19, it says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God... Without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believed, 
For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What that passage is saying right there is you know, salvation or justification, it can't be by the works of the law because all have sinned. And it's like people have got this attitude today that if a person gets saved, you know, God is just going to completely change them and they're going to be completely different. Well, here's the problem with that is if when God changes things, he does it good and he does it right. And let's, if, if we're all honest, he didn't do a very good job on us, did he? Because we're all still pretty sinful, aren't we? We all still got a lot of issues, don't we? And the truth is, we can't be justified. We can't be ple- We can't please God with our works. We can only please Him by our faith. And yet, many people today are teaching that a person who really gets saved, they're going to do the works later. Well, the problem with that, then that means we're justified by works. And the truth is, we're supposed to be putting all of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But many people today... They are always confused about whether they're saved or not. You know why? Because they're always looking at their works. Now, why would we do that? We didn't get saved by our works. But there's people out there who preach a free salvation, verbally speaking, but they teach them, if you're not doing the works later, you didn't really get saved. And they're confusing people. And people in church, they get saved every year. Every time you know, the evangelist comes through and preaches a hard message and gets on their sin... Hey, I'm still not saved. And they're going forward, getting saved again. Why? Thinking, well, maybe if I get saved this time, I'm going to quit doing these sins. Well, I'm sorry. We're always going to be sinful until Jesus Christ comes back. And we ought to do our best. We ought to try to avoid sin all that we can. But you've got to stop trying to justify yourself by your works. You can't do it. You might justify yourself before us. We might all think you're saved. But you're not going to justify yourself before God. You know why? Because salvation is truly free. It's not free today, but you've got to pay later. Okay? No, it's free forever. We're never going to have to pay. So our justification is not in our works, but it's in the blood of Christ. Okay? It's the righteousness of Jesus that justifies us. If somebody comes to you and they look, they're looking at your life and there's no way you're saved, you know, you do this and you do that, well... It's not about my righteousness. It's about Jesus. And you know what? He had no sin. Nobody could find any fault in Him. He did nothing wrong. He lived a perfect life. And my justification is in the blood of Christ. He paid for my sins and I'm going to heaven because of His work. And that takes faith. That, that takes faith right there. Matthew chapter 19 in verse 27 says, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have there for? Alright, so why do we do good works? Why do we even try? Why do we go to church? Why do we do all those things? Well, because truth is, you know, God pays good. He rewards us. He pays us for what we do. Many well-meaning people, and I've said this before, and it's wrong, they're mistaken when they say, we owe Christ a life of service because He saved us. Wait, if I owe him, then that means I'm in debt, right? Well, if I now have debt, then it wasn't grace, was it? That's what the Bible, that's what we read in Romans. So that means I don't owe Christ anything for my salvation. You know why? Because salvation was truly free. If I came over to your house and I gave you, said, hey, I want to give you this car. 
I'm going to give I'm going to give you my truck. I'm going to give you my truck. I saw you need a truck and I want to give this to you. And man, I I can't really accept that. You know, that's a big gift. No, I want you to have it. It's yours. And maybe you have a hard time because you're thinking, man, I ought to pay for that. No, no, it's free. And then I give it to you. And then a few months later, I'm like, hey, I need a thousand dollars. Well, I don't have a thousand dollars. Really? You're not going to give the guy who gave you a truck a thousand dollars when he asked for it? You owe me. Not if it was a free gift. It's amazing how many people do that. You know, they'll come into church and they will give a gift. They will give an offering and then they always want to bring it up. You know what? You know, I I didn't realize you were given a loan. I thought you were given a free gift. That's pretty sneaky right there. You know, now I owe you. Now you're going to hold this over my head. You realize Jesus doesn't even do that. He gave the ultimate sacrifice for us and he doesn't hold it over our head because it actually was a free gift. And if I did, if I come over to you and I give you my truck and I say it's for free, but any time in the future I come demanding some sort of payment, I lied to you. It was not a free gift. And salvation truly is a free gift. And yet, but many people, that's kind of how they are. I don't think you're, you're not, you haven't changed your life. You're not going to church. You're not giving your tithes and offerings. I don't think you're really saved. You think Jesus saved you so you can live a sorry existence from here on out? And my question I always have to these people is what makes you think you're not living a sorry existence right now? We somehow, we get this attitude because we go to church, because we dress up, because we sing hymns all pretty, that we now somehow measure up. But we are still in sin. It's the grace of God is still abundantly upon us. And for us to use our works like that, that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. And it, it is a lie. And we actually don't owe Christ. And Peter, he's asking Jesus, what are we going to get for following you? Well, that's a terrible question. He saved you. You ought to give your life to him. Well, I understand what people are trying to say, but the problem is he said it was for free. Okay. So what about what's the difference? You know, and people, they get all mad. It's like they have a problem with somebody getting saved who never does any works. Well, and, you know, I'm doing all these works. That's not fair that we're going to heaven. You know, we're both going to heaven when I'm doing so much more. Well, I'm sorry, but heaven, it's free. It's not of works. You know, and Peter's like, you know, so what are we going to get? Well, actually, Jesus didn't, you know, Jesus didn't say nothing. I saved you. That's good enough. That's no, that's not what he said. Look what he says in verse 28. Jesus said to them, verily, I say unto you that he would, ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the son of man shall sit on the throne of his glory. Ye also shall sit upon the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. So not only do we have the salvation, okay, that people get without works, but we get a hundredfold for our labors. So you want to know what's what's the ulterior motive for you people coming out here knocking on my door trying to give me the gospel? Well, I'm not planning on getting anything from you, but I'm planning on getting a whole lot from him. I'm planning on getting some great rewards from God. I'm planning on standing before him on judgment day and I'm planning on receiving some rewards for him. So I really, when I go and I knock on people's door and I try to give them the gospel, I'm not expecting anything from them, but I am expecting something from God. I'm not expecting to get heaven for doing that, but I am expecting rewards. 
Because God's promised rewards. You know why? Because salvation is free. And you know what the Bible teaches? A laborer is worthy of his hire. And if we're doing work for God, He's going to pay us. You know why? Because we are not in debt to Him. Because salvation was truly free. It was not you know, free now, but you've got to pay later. And so it's a great deal serving the Lord. Okay? I'm going to heaven no matter what. I can quit tomorrow, but then I'm going to quit racking up a hundredfold. And if I quit following the things of God, I'm just going to have to deal with junk on this earth that I don't want to have to deal with. And if I'm saved, I'm still probably going to have to deal with some junk from the world. But guess what? I get rewarded for that too. So, you know, either way, we're going to have problems in life. Either way, there's going to be difficulties that come our way. But if we serve the Lord, we get paid for the difficulties we go through. If I don't serve the Lord, I'm going to go through difficult times and I'm going to get nothing for it. So if I'm going to suffer, I want to get well paid. All right. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go who's paying the best. And then God pays a lot better than the devil does. The devil, he'll, you know, it's sometimes hard, you know, working and waiting that two weeks for that paycheck. All right. But after the two weeks comes around, you're glad you showed up to work every day. Right. You know, and it's like the devil, you know, he, he wants he'll give us that instant gratification for our sins. He'll give you that pay right away. But, you know, the bigger pay is the bigger payout. Sometimes you've got to wait for him. And we are going to get a much bigger payout when we wait for the rewards that God gives us. And so, you know, God, that salvation, it was completely free. And so, you know, God gave us a free gift, not a bribe. Okay? That's why, like, judges and things like that, they're not supposed to be taking gifts from people. Because if they're taking a gift, then that person might come along later. Hey, Your Honor, um, you know, friend of mine's going to be uh, in court next week. I'd like for you to help him out. Well, you know, I got to go by the law. Oh, really? Have fun getting reelected. You know, if I don't uh, donate to your campaign, remember that last donation? How much that helped you out? You know, wasn't officially a bribe, but it was a bribe, wasn't it? And, you know, and it ends up influencing him. And that's how people act like it is with salvation. That God gives us salvation freely, but then He's coming back to us, you know, like some mafia gangster, and, you know, demanding payment later. If He does that, it's not free. In salvation, it's truly free. Salvation, true salvation, it's free, not free financing. 1 John 2, 1 and 2, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Okay, so free financing. That's where you can get something for free, but if you don't make the monthly payments, you know, they're coming for you. If you don't make the monthly payments... They're going to come take your car away. And that's a salvation that, you, that people teach that you can lose. Many churches today are teaching that a person can get saved for free, but then later they can lose their salvation. That, my friends, is not a free salvation. If I can lose it at any time, okay, if I can lose it by not doing certain works or by doing a really bad work, then that means it was never free. It means I had to make the payments. If I'm making payments, it wasn't free. 
And that that is and that's what people are teaching. Anyone who teaches that you can lose your salvation is teaching a salvation by works. They're teaching a salvation by a justification of the law. And if any works are added to it, then it was not it was never salvation to begin with. You never had it. We do believe once saved, always saved. A person who gets saved, they stay saved forever. Oh, well, what if they do this? What if they do that? This is, you don't have to make payments from here on out. You don't have to stay in church. You don't have to do all these things to keep your salvation. We keep our salvation. It says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. Okay? And we sin, don't we? But who is it that keeps us saved? Well, the same one who got us saved. We got saved by His works. We stay saved by His works. We've been showing over and over again that we are justified by the righteousness of Christ. So for anyone to come along and say, you know what, this person was saved, but you know what, I saw them do this, I saw them do that, therefore they are not saved. You are justifying them by their works. That's not how it works. You know when that person will lose their salvation? When Jesus Christ loses His righteousness. And that will not happen. He will always be righteous. And when we got saved, our, our sins were cleansed and our sins, they're not imputed unto us. In other words, we're not held accountable for them. We don't have to pay for those things. Jesus Christ paid for them. And the Bible teaches that we get credited for the righteousness of Christ. And thank God for that, because if we don't get his righteousness, we don't get into heaven. And we see just, I mean, salvation, true salvation is free in the truest sense. Look at John chapter 10 and verse 28 says, and I, Jesus talking here, he said, and I give unto them eternal life, not I sell unto them. He said, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Those who have eternal life will never perish. So if I have eternal life and then I lose it, well, then I'll perish, right? But Jesus said, if you have eternal life, you'll never perish. So you, you can't lose it. All right? You either have eternal life or you don't have eternal life. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any of them ever do any really bad sins. No. It says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, which is in your righteousness. No, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that. We didn't get saved by our works, by our righteousness. We received a free gift and the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He never changes his mind. Have you ever done something good for somebody and later you're like, man, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, I gave them something and then later maybe you ask for it back. God doesn't do that. When he gives us something, he never changes his mind about it. He never changes his mind. Matthew seven twenty one says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, in thy name cast out devils in thy name, done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. In other words, you never had eternal life. 
You never had it. You were never saved. And notice these people who are never saved. Notice what they're bringing up. They're bringing up their works. That, that's a bad idea, folks. If you bring up your works before Jesus Christ, we've got a Bible full of laws that we have all broken. And we are going to be in big trouble. You know what we need to do? We need to bring up Jesus Christ. We need to confess Jesus Christ. And say, you know what? My sins, they've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. He saved me from my sins. And so, the gift of salvation, it had to be free. Because to me, you know, it's like when we... If, if, when we think about it, it's like, you know, we ought to make people pay something. People don't appreciate what they don't pay for. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. And a lot of people don't appreciate their salvation. And a lot of people do get saved and they never do anything for God. And that's sad. That's not right. That's not how things should be. But here's the reason salvation had to be free. It had to be free, one, because we were not capable. We are not capable in any way of saving ourselves. And so if we're going to get to heaven at all, it's got, it's got to be given to us. It has to be handed to us for free. And then also putting a price tag on it, it would have been an insult to the work of Christ. It would be a total insult to put a price tag on salvation when Jesus already paid for it and none of us are capable of paying that back. And free salvation was the only way that God could show His love. It had to be free. And so, it's like, you know, how do you feel... Have you ever just wanted to do something nice for somebody? Maybe you wanted to do something nice. You wanted to buy... Maybe you wanted to buy your wife something. You're like, you know, I'm going I'm to be nice. I want to buy her this nice gift. Just because I love her. And maybe you had it all planned. You were ap- you know, after you got off work, you were going to go buy her some flowers. But then all of a sudden, she sends you a text. You better buy me flowers today. Well, now all the fun's gone. Alright? You know, now you can't do it out of love. Because now, if I don't do it, I'm in trouble. And it ruins it ruin it, it ruins everything. And we do. Don't you get a good feeling when you do something nice for somebody when they weren't expecting it and when they appreciate it? But who wants to help those entitled people that just Demand stuff. Alright? You know, that, that's pretty aggravating, isn't it? And God wanted, you know, sometimes, sometimes we just want to get a good feeling, right? And you know what? God wanted to do that too. God wanted to show us that He loved us. And so He offers it freely to those who will trust. And it had to be free. Because nobody likes these entitled people with that entitlement mentality. And God's not going to save anyone who has an entitlement mentality. Anyone who looks at God and is like, you owe me salvation. They're not getting saved. Why would God owe us salvation? Well, because I go to church. Nope. Salvation is not of works. Not of works. Salvation is truly free. There's no gimmicks. And don't fall for the false gospels out there that are teaching a free salvation that's a buy one, get one free, or you know, buy now, pay later. If you have to pay anything, you are not saved. And there's got to be a catch, right? Where's, where's the catch? There's got to be a catch. Well, here's the catch, I guess, if you want to say. Are you going to believe that or not believe it? 
It, and some people just aren't going to believe it. If you won't believe that, you won't be saved. It's whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those, and, and then it also says in Romans, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Many people today are trying to work for their salvation and they have a hope. I hope I'm going to heaven. Why, why do you hope that? Well, I do this and this and this. Well, they're going to be ashamed when they stand when Jesus Christ returns because they're not going to go to heaven. But the Bible says, whosoever believeth in Him will not be ashamed. In other words, I will not be disappointed. Those of you who have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and aren't trusting in your works one bit, those of you that all you did to get salvation was you believed the message and you prayed and you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. That's all you did. You, you just asked for it. That is nothing. But if you believe that, the Bible says you're saved. Why did he do it that way? Well, because there's no way we can boast about that. Nothing to brag about. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. God hates pride. God hates braggarts. And he doesn't want any of us bragging on it. And so he made salvation in a way where you literally have to humble yourself and come as a little child. A childlike faith. And many people, they, nope, I, 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 can't do, I can't do that. I would rather work. Well, then you're never going to get it. Your only way you're going to get it is by accepting a free gift by faith. And if you've never done that, I hope you'll do that today. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for the free gift of salvation. We thank You so much for doing all the work for us. Lord, what an amazing gift of salvation is. God, and I pray if there's anyone here that they've never accepted the truly free gift, Lord, I pray that today will be that day that they get this taken care of. And Lord, we know You'll give them that eternal life. I pray they'll call on You for salvation. In Your name we pray. Amen.